everybody, it's Teresa Barnaby with the Flight of Your Life podcast. Today's topic is evidence. And uh, my book, The Flight of Your Life, has a tagline. And, it, and the tagline is, uh, how to get from wherever you are to wherever you want to be or dream to be. People ask me all the time, they're like, do you really think people can live the life of their dreams? Do you really think people can have whatever they set out to have? And I I always say yes, because there's evidence all around us that, that things can happen from nothing and become something. So what does that mean? Well, I, I keep going back to something a friend shared lately on, on one of her blog posts, and it was the four-minute mile, how nobody uh, could run a four-minute mile, and then once the four-minute mile mark was achieved, then a bunch of people were able to do it, and then they were able to do it faster. And I just read that lately, and it reminded me, that's evidence. So... Comes, everything comes from nothing. So the four-minute mile never existed. It was, always, it was only a thought. Oh, well, if it was a thought, it must have existed. <laughs> Where did it start existing from? I don't know. But somewhere there was a seed planted that a four-minute mile could be possible. And so there were people who strived to do a four minute mile and then one person achieved it and then other people achieved it and then somebody thought wow if a four minute mile can be done can there be a mile run faster than four minutes and then somebody did that and somebody did it better and then somebody did it better so I guess when, when somebody has a dream and they have a thought, that thought alone is the seed that it's possible. Because where did that thought come from? And we can get into this whole conversation about where does thought come from and the, the uh, ultimate universal consciousness that you can tap into. And most of you, the minute I say that, would probably say, oh, Okay, too much woo-woo, gonna go now, thank you. But don't go. Because if you can think it, you can achieve it. We've heard that from, from masters of, of achievement all our lives. They've been around since I was a kid. I read books from the early 1800s, the early 1900s about what's possible the power of your mind, the power of your thinking, the power of achievement, power of commitment, power of intention, power of visualization. None of this is new, guys. This has been around forever. Well, forever, meaning my lifetime. So when I read things from the late 1800s and the early 1900s, and I say, man, these people were ahead of their time. No, they were living in their time. Then all of a sudden, 
we recognize it and we think, wow, that's new and different. And, and my friends and I have several conversations that go like this. I don't know that there's anything new out there. I think it's a rediscovery of what already is. Oh, rediscovery of whatever, whatever already is then says there's probably evidence all around us of what can be done. You know, I wanted to write a book for the longest time, shortly after my father passed away, because when my father uh, was, was wrapping up his life on earth, he would, he would have these episodes. That's what I called them, episodes. And, uh, and he, would, he would get in this like a intense physical situation. I, I think it was very painful. And my, my father had pancreatic cancer, unfortunately. But he would, he would get into this state of high degrees of pain and, and then he would like, he would leave. I don't know how to explain this, so I'm just gonna say it the way it was. He would leave. And we didn't really know, you know, what was happening. So, you know, we would, we would call hospice or a lot of times we would call the priest from his church. And uh, every once in a while I chuckle and I say, my dad probably had more last rites than anybody else that I, that I know of. I, I used to say he must have had like eight. And... Uh, Sorry, I have to take pause when I think about that. Um, it still kind of hits me. And, uh, and then we'd all be sitting around his bed. So we didn't know what to expect. And so we'd all be there just waiting and watching and feeling the emotions in that moment. And then just like the snap of his finger, he'd wake up, he'd come back. And he, he and he and he'd be he'd look around he'd see who was hanging out with him, and uh, and he'd say, "Yeah, he's not ready for me yet." And then he'd jump into his next thought, like, "Let's go play cards," or "Let's go eat," or "We need to have a family meeting." And this one time he came back and and he. He looked around and he counted and made sure that it that my mom and and his three kids and all of his grandchildren were in the room. And then he says, I I, I want to teach you two things. He says, number one, don't cry for me when I die because I've led a very good life. And number two, have no regrets. And then we would just move on to whatever he wanted to do because he was back. And this one time I asked him, it was just uh, uh, my mom, him, and myself, we were sitting around the kitchen table. And I said, Dad, I said, I said, can I ask you, where do you go? Wh what do you see? What happens? My dad had this way of he would he would put his put his index finger up and he would kind of shake his hand and and he would put it in front of his mouth like like 
We're not going to talk about that. Now, I'm not saying that was always a good thing when he would say we're not going to talk about it. But at this particular time in his life, I honored that because whatever was happening was very personal to him. And I honored that and I respected that in that moment in time. Now, do I wish I would have known, gotten the inside scoop? Absolutely, positively, but it was his moment. Uh, and I let him have that. And it wasn't just a moment. I mean, sometimes it would be 15, 20, 30 minutes. It was, it was grueling. But wherever he was, he always came back with a message for us. His bounce back, his spring back, his rebound in that moment. And then he was on to what he loved to do in his life. Talk to his family, play cards, eat with his family. And there were a lot of lessons to learn through all those episodes. There were a lot of lessons to learn from my dad in his life, period. Don't get me wrong. I guess sometimes when we think people are wrapping up life, it might be more profound. But, but I make no mistake, my dad taught me a ton of lessons throughout my life. And so the first book I wanted to write were Life Lessons from My Father. That's the book I wanted to write, Life Lessons from My Father. And I had the beginning of the book written. I had the uh, closing of the book written. I had ideas of what was going to be in between the start and the finish. And then I asked myself, can I write a book? I've never, I never wrote a book. Can I write a book? And guess what I found? Evidence all around me of books. And I started thinking, wow, can I really write a book? Like I have a lot of books on my, uh, my I, I, have, uh, I have a lot of bookshelves and I have a lot of books. And so I started looking at those books and I thought, yeah, but you know, look at all these books I have by Tony Robbins. I mean, I'm not Tony Robbins. Can I write that book? And I have a lot of books by Wayne Dyer. And I'm like, I'm not Wayne Dyer. Can I write a lot of books? And so you name it, whether they're from business or inspirational, it doesn't matter. I have, I have a lot of books from a lot of people. And I stopped and said, well, they had to write their first book. Sometime they had to write a first book and they were able to do it. And if they could do it, I could do it. It was evidence. And a lot of them sold a lot of books and a lot of them became bestsellers. And, and if they could do it, I could do it. And I started seeing proof that I could do it too. And sometimes that's all we need. We just need a little bit of encouragement that we can do it too. Maybe sometimes we need somebody on the outside giving us a little boost saying, look at all this evidence around you. If it can be done by them, it can be done by you. They're no, no more special than you. They're no more talented than you. You have an idea, you have a passion, you have a dream. It came from somewhere, go for it. There's evidence all around us. 
And then what I started paying attention to and I adopted this saying is that uh, if you want to be successful, do what successful people do. And most of the time, successful people have an idea. They get very clear on the era, their idea. They put a plan together and they take action. And I bet you in, the, in, in that process of preparing to do something that's going to cause their next level of success, they looked for the evidence all around them that whatever they're thinking and dreaming is definitely absolutely possible. And if it's possible for everybody else, I guarantee you it's possible for you. Because I was able to write a book. As a matter of fact, I have two books published right now. Now some of you are sitting and saying, man, Teresa, I've, I've never seen you uh, show us your book called Life Lessons from My Father. And you're right, you haven't seen that book. But what I did is I took a lot of my father's life lessons and I incorporated them in this book called The Flight of Your Life. And if you read that book, you're going to see, I learned this from my father, I learned this from my father. And so I didn't write the exact book I set out to write, but I wrote a book and I weaved his lessons into the book that I did write. Will someday I write a book called Life Lessons from My Father? Absolutely, I will. I also have a book on my list called Messages from My Mother. And I have a book called Examples from My Parents. And I have a book called, uh, what is it? I think it's Messages from the Water, all about oceans. So I got now, all of a sudden, when I... My point in telling you this is at one point I'm asking myself, wow, can I write a book? Like, can I really write a book? And now I have a list of books I want to write. One book at a time. So in the beginning, I had to look outside of myself for evidence that I could do this. And it was all around me. And now that I've done it once, I only have to look to myself. That there's evidence that I can do this. And so if you have a thought, if you have a dream, if you have a goal, if you have a passion and you don't have the wherewithal inside of you right now, there's going to be a couple of things I'm going to recommend to you. Number one, look for evidence all around you that if somebody else has done it, you can do it too. Number two, if you don't see specific evidence of the specific thing that you have in mind to create, I want you to remember that number one, you have a thought, which means it exists somewhere. And then look for evidence around things that nobody thought was possible because there wasn't any evidence. Like, like what, how did somebody ever get to air travel, space travel, Landing on the moon. Where did that start? Who ever had the first idea that man could fly? Where did that, I mean, can we take it? How far back can we take that? What, what does that go back to Benjamin Franklin that one day he decided to fly a kite? 
But then where did a kite clock come from? Oh, there was a piece of paper that flew off somebody's desk and somebody said, oh, I think we can make flying paper. <laughs> Is that where it started? I have no idea. But if somebody could see a piece of paper uh, in a wind gust fly off the desk and say, wow, there's evidence that paper can fly. Let me see what I can do with that. That creativity unleashed, the imagination set free. And then somebody says, oh my gosh, I can create a kite. And before you know it, there's a whole new industry built around kites and there, there are memories made because people can fly kites and, and, they, and flying kites became a family event. And, and you can go to a beach today and still see somebody's trying to fly a kite. And then, and then somebody said, wow, I wonder if we can, we can build a something. I don't think we even knew it could be an airplane. I wonder if we could build something that people could get into and fly. And welcome all those people who invented flight. And the Wright brothers who had what it took to never give up until they... They could have takeoff. And then somebody said, wow, I wonder if we could have this, this, this thing called an airplane and instead of just two people sitting in it, maybe, maybe we can put a top over it and cover them up, put more people in it. And now we have a, an entire airplane industry. And then somebody said, wow, if we can have liftoff with an airplane, I know we call it takeoff, same difference then maybe we can lift off this thing called a rocket. Or maybe we can have a race to the moon. And from that one simple idea, that one simple observation of a piece of paper flying off a desk, that's my version, by the way. I don't know that you're going to find that in the history books, but this is my version of how flight started. A lot of things came from that. And... And today, if you don't fly, that's fine, but there's evidence of airplanes in the sky. If you don't fly kites, that's okay. There's evidence of people flying kites all around you. Oh, wait. Now we have wind, wind sail vehicles. Wind sail. It's like a big kite on a boat. We happen to call it a sailboat. Then there's a big kite on a surfboard. We call it windsurfing. When we allow our imaginations to run free and we look for the evidence of how other people's imaginations were allowed to run free and things were created out of nothing, then I think there's evidence all around us that we can pretty much live the life of our dreams, whatever that dream happens to be. Now, when we have evidence that anything is possible, good, bad, or indifferent, unfortunately, I mean, we, we get a taste of it all. Uh, I like to focus on the good. And I hope that your dream or your vision is for the good of you and those who love you and, more importantly, the good of humanity. 
Because whatever you do for yourself, it rolls out to the world. So I'm going to ask you to let your imagination run. Let your creative juices flow. And think about what you can do for the good of mankind. And the good of mankind starts with you. What good would you like to create in your life? What good would you like to have that cause and all the people that are around you? And what good will that cause to the nation? What good would that cause to the world? And we sit and we say, Teresa, I'm just one little person here. What do you mean I'm going to do good in the world? And I want to take you back to, I don't know, like think about one of your role models or one of your heroes or someone who made positive change in the world. They started as a thought in creation. And that thought was born into a physical body. And that physical body developed into a young adult. And then into an adult who decided to make a difference. And that adult went out and changed something. And, you know, I, I, I sit here and I think, well, who was that? And I, I look at the, uh, I don't know, I look at the Martin Luther Kings of the world. I look at powerful people who changed people's thinking. I look at, uh, well, let's go to President Kennedy. He got us on the moon. I look at my dad. Taught me how to live with no regret. I look to my mom who never had a bad word to say about anybody. I remember Sister Gail in my grade school, uh, yeah, yeah, my grade school and my high school years, who really saw who I was and, and helped me be the best version of me. Let me give you an example. You know, I talk about the accordion, I talk about playing the drums. I'm not a very musical person, but in my stories you'd think, man, she's like, really musically talented <laughs> because Sister Gail recognized that I love music and she put a guitar in my hands, taught me how to play guitar and gave me a community to play the guitar in when I needed the community in high school and never gave up on whether I could or could not play the guitar. Now she did give up on me singing. She's like, yeah, you just play, don't sing. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, very wise woman. So, you know, you can look at a, you can look to big evidence like President Kennedy. I, I don't know. You can look to Martin Luther King or you can just look to the heroes in your life. And if they're a hero today, they came from some seed in creation. And they became 
somebody who could make a difference, here we go, in your life, so that you make a difference in somebody else's life, who makes a difference in other people's lives, who all of a sudden now makes a difference in your community, who all of a sudden makes a difference in the country, who all of a sudden makes a difference in the world. And we have that power because there's evidence all around us that if we want change, and for me it's always if, you, if we want change for good, then each and every one of us can cause that change for good because there's evidence all around us that it's happened before, it can happen again. Now if you say, Teresa, I don't want to change the world, I just want to change my own personal financial situation. Okay, then there's evidence all around you. In my first podcast, I told you I had a, an apartment that had no furniture. And three of us, and we didn't have any food to eat, really. We didn't have money to pay the rent. And if you need evidence that you too can create a better life for yourself right now in this very moment, then use me as evidence that it can happen. And I think, and this is my last thought, I think the biggest thing is look for the evidence that will support what you want. You know, we see people uh, finding evidence that supports what they don't want. And, they, and then they say, say, see, see, it can't be done. Well, yeah, what are you looking at? Change your vision of what you see. Look at all the possibilities uh, that are around us. Find the good that can be done. Don't look for what, why it can't be done. Look for why it can be done. One time I was teaching a class called Extreme Agent Makeover and I'll never forget this moment. Uh, and I'm not going to drop names, but uh, she'll know that she said this. She said, I ask myself, I wonder what it would be like if, and then she would fill in the blank. I wonder what it would be like if, if you ask yourself that question, I wonder what it would be like if, and then look for the evidence all around that will show you what it will be like when. And on that note, I'm gonna leave your head spinning in total wonderment of what you want and how it's possible because there's evidence all around you. I'm going to encourage you to go for it. And if you can't figure out a way to do it by yourself, align yourself with somebody who's done it. If you want to be successful, do what successful people do. Mirror and match that. Find somebody that can mentor you, that can coach you, that will show you that what you aspire to is right at your fingertips. It's just one stretch, like just stretch one half of an inch more. And it's probably right there. So it's going to be morning soon for most of us. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to just like stretch, like wake up this morning. And even if you're already into your day because of the time zone differences, because I don't know where you are when you're listening to this. 
or what time it is when you're listening to this, but right now, like just stand up and stretch. <laughs> stretch your physical body and in that, allow your mind to stretch. And look around you at all the evidence and go get it. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you wonder if, look for the evidence and go get it so that someday you can say, I remember the time I wondered if I could, and now look. Teresa Barnaby, so grateful that you have spent this time with me. Go explore. I don't know. Go take the flight of your life. Catch you later. <laughs>